The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Tonight I will be referring to Mark the 10th chapter, verses 46 through 52. I'm not going to read it as a text right now, but I'm going to be referring. It's the story of blind Bartimaeus. Helen Keller was inspiring in the way she dealt with her deafness and her blindness. She once wrote a magazine article entitled, Three Days to See. And in that article... She outlined what she would like to see if she were granted just three days, just three days of sight. It was a powerful and thought-provoking article. On the first day, she said she wanted to see her friends. She wanted to see every friend that she had ever made in life. The second day, she said she would like to be able to look at nature around her and just view the beauty of what God had done and created. And on the third day, she said she would like to spend her time in her home city, New York, watching the busy city and the bustle of work as people went to and fro from their jobs. She concluded with these words, I who am blind can give one hint to those who see. Use your eyes as if tomorrow you were stricken blind. I hope Helen Keller is on the other side. I'm going to have a day with her at least. She inspires me. Blindness in the 21st century is bad enough, but it was much worse in Jesus' day. Today, blind people at least have the hope of living a useful life with proper training. And Braille opens opportunities for education for the people that cannot see. Some of the most skilled and creative people in our society are blind people. But in the first century, Palestine, blindness meant that you would be subject to abject poverty and you would be reduced to begging for a living and you lived at the mercy and the generosity of others and not what you could make but what they could give you. And unless your particular kind of blindness was self-correcting, there was no hope whatsoever of a cure. And the skills that were necessary to cure some forms of blindness were still centuries beyond the medical knowledge of that day Medical science has come a long way with those things. But little wonder that one of the signs of the coming of the Messiah was that the blind would receive their sight. When Jesus announced his ministry, he said in Luke 4.18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has sent me to recover the sight of the blind. Hallelujah. Let me give an expository summation of Bartimaeus' saga. A verse-by-verse lesson of Wednesday night, 6-28-2017. Verse 46 said, he was the son of Timaeus. He was the son of Timaeus. It speaks the blind Bartimaeus and the lineage. He was the son of Timaeus. When genealogy is mentioned, it usually meant that a person had some identification, some social order, some rank in society. So he wasn't just a normal begging blind man. So Bartimaeus was not just a beggar. He was a beggar with a history because he had a lineage from a man named Timaeus. Verse 47, he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was coming. Notice people called him Jesus of Nazareth. Was it not said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? 
There Jesus was just a carpenter's son. In Nazareth, he could do no great miracles, only that he healed just a few folks. I have always been taught and I have believed that perception is 100% of the battle of life. How we perceive something is how we will receive that something in our life. If you perceive that you will be victorious, you most likely will receive victory in your life. If you perceive that you will be defeated in life, you most likely will know defeat after defeat after defeat. Mark 6, verse 2 through 5, I didn't put it on the screen. The people of Nazareth saw Jesus as Mary's son, a carpenter boy, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon. And he marveled, Jesus did, at their unbelief that he, they had for him. Notice the difference in Matthew 21 when Jesus was riding into Jerusalem at the triumphant entry. See how people perceived him there. They said, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Verse 10 says, And when he was come into Jerusalem, with them shouting those praises, all the city was moved. In verse 14, And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. That's what happens when you perceive him as the son of David not of Nazareth. John picked up the narrative and continued in chapter, verse tw chapter 12, verse 19. The Pharisees said among themselves, Behold, the world is gone after him. Let me say it again. Perception is the rule of the day. I'd like to ask this church on the last Wednesday night of June that we've called June Swoon because people have been swooning everywhere all over the country. How do we perceive Jesus in this house? Do we perceive Jesus as just a man from Nazareth? Or is he king of kings and Lord of lords? When I have a problem, what is Jesus to me? Is he from Nazareth or is he the healer? Is he my savior? Is he my redeemer? Is he my soon coming king? How do I perceive him? Because how you perceive him is how you're going to receive what he has for you in your life. Say amen to that. Verse 47. When Bartimaeus heard this, heard them say, Jesus of Nazareth is coming. He said in verse 47, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He changed the text. He might have been blind, but he changed the text. Bartimaeus did not perceive Jesus as Nazareth's son, but took back his lineage to the king called David. He got in the messianic lineage before he was ever healed. He put Jesus in the Messiah, Messiah lineage. Not just Mary's son, not just a carpenter's son, but he says it again in verse 48, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. He didn't say it once, he said it twice. Sometimes, can I just preach a little bit right now? Some of you ask God one time for something, and if it doesn't happen, you give up. Why don't you in the very next verse ask him for it again? Why don't you say, come back around here, Jesus. I need something in my life, and I'm going to call you who you are one more time to see if you can't show up in my problem and help me with my business. 
I feel like preaching tonight. The people tried to get him to hold his peace, but he cried out the louder and the more a great deal. The phrase, son of David, had messianic overtones. It's the first time we read that anyone had publicly referred to Jesus as the son of David. Wow. A blind man saw what seeing people couldn't realize. No, let me say that again. A blind man saw what seeing people could not recognize. Jesus heard the plaintive cry and the prophetic salute at the same time. In verse 49, Jesus stood still. When you put Jesus in his proper place, He's not going to walk by you. He will stand still for you. Then he commanded him to be called. Jesus said, bring him to me. Bring him here. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, be of good comfort, rise. He calls for you. Here's my question. Why didn't Jesus go to him? Why did he call him to himself? I'll answer that in just a moment. But right now I'm going to preach something else. Verse 50, and he casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. The garment that he wore identified him as a blind man and a beggar. But before he even went to the Lord, he cast aside his garment of past identification. (laughs) Saying in essence, I won't need that anymore. Because I'm fixing to get into the presence of Jesus, the son of David. I wish we could walk in the doors of this church every time we walk in saying, he is my king. He is my Lord. He's not some carpenter's son. He's not the son of some woman and a man named Joseph. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And I will serve him and honor him all the days of my life. I won't need this anymore once I get into his presence. Woo. When I get to Jesus, I'll be made whole. Because Jesus is from the throne of King David. He's the healer of all diseases. Now the answer to the previous question. Why did Jesus make the blind man come to him? I think you've got it figured out now. Because Jesus wanted to show 2,000 CNIs that a blind man can find Jesus if he gets hungry enough. I feel prophetic tonight. Get ready, get ready, get ready. We're fixing to see a boom in this church like you have never witnessed in your life. 
and people that can't see their right hand from their left are going to walk in this door, don't know who Jesus is, don't know what heaven and hell is all about, but all they know is that they have felt something, they want to walk in this place, they've driven by and felt the presence of God, and something's going to cause them to turn in here, walk in the door, and they're going to lift their hands, give their heart to Jesus Christ, go down in the waters of baptism, and they're going to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and God's going to transform their lives. Because he will be king in this house. He's from the lineage of David. He is not a carpenter's son in Nazareth. Lord, is it ice cream time yet? Let me preach a little. I don't care how deep your sin is. I don't care how blind a person is, how bad your past is. If you're hungry enough, you can find Jesus though you are blind. Verse 51, Jesus said, what will you have me do unto you? Bartimaeus might have said, hey, Lord, you're the Messiah. Can't you see I'm blind? Jesus was saying, I know what I see, but I want to know what you really want. Some people just want the symptoms fixed. Jesus wants to fix the cause. You need to tell him what you want. Why are, you, why are you holding back to tell him what you want in your life? Lord, I want to see some things that I've never witnessed in my life. I feel kind of conspicuous up here preaching without a jacket. I'm going to pick this up. This isn't Bartimaeus. This is mine, okay? Amen. That's just old school coming out in me. Forgive me. Some people want the symptom. You need to tell him what you want in your life. Lord, my symptom is depression. But I really need healing from anger. My symptom is anger. But I really need healing from hate. Lord, I have an unforgiving heart. But I need healing from bitterness. You understand what I'm saying? Lord, I have a trust factor. But I need healing from resentment. Lord, I have a problem with today, but I need healing from the pain of my past. Somebody needs to open your mouth and tell the Lord what you really have need of in your life. How long has it been since you've really got honest with Jesus Christ and said, this is what I truly need in my life? I'm tired of playing around the fire. I'm tired of walking around and just easing up and saying, Lord, I got this little issue here. This dude just fix this. No, 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 no. If you've got a problem, you need to tell him what that problem is. You need to tell him what that problem is. And when that problem is handled, I promise you, you'll feel like a million dollars because Jesus can fix the cause, not just the symptoms. Bartimaeus was honest. One's got to get honest in the presence of the Lord. It's not the best policy. It's the only policy. Lord... I want to receive my sight, is what he said. Verse 52, Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith has made you whole. And immediately he received his sight. But the story doesn't end there. We see the rest of the story in verse 52. Bartimaeus began following Jesus on the road. He never went back and grabbed his old cloak.
When Jesus changes us, we don't need those old things anymore. Bartimaeus joined in the procession making its way to Jerusalem. And history bears out that Bartimaeus became a leader in the early church. And he did it without glasses. I didn't put that in my I thought I'd share that with you. Isn't it an awesome thing to know that Jesus healed a blind man's eyes? He was selected because the miracle never stopped in his life. Don't let the miracle that God's done for you die in your life. Now, let me just stop and say this right now. Somebody said, Pastor, you know, I had, I had a miracle 20 years ago, but God hadn't done anything for me lately. If you can still praise him for a 20-year-old miracle, you'll have a two-day-old miracle before you know it. Sometimes we forget the good and we reminisce about the bad. It's time to understand that God does all things good. Amen. Every good and perfect gift cometh down from the Father of light in whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning. God gives good things. I think that if we could quit dwelling on the negative of our yesterdays and start dwelling on the positive of our yesterdays and the miracles that he gave us. Folks, some of you were as lost you was as lost as you could be in woods. You didn't know where the road was. And God not only brought you out, he put you on a highway called holiness and directed your steps and established your going and placed you on a rock that's higher than what you ever thought you could ever get in life. Reminisce on those things. Don't reminisce about who's hurt you and who's bothered you, who's the pain and who's the problem. Think about what he's done for you. Years ago, I was privileged, and I'm, I'm through. Randy, come and help me. I, I, I went back to a little old town called Level Land, Texas. It's Level Land. <laughs> and I walked in the church where I found the Lord as a nine-year-old boy. And the, the altar that I had knelt at wasn't there. And I asked the pastor, I said, do y'all still have that altar? And he said, yeah, we do, we do. Brother Rex said, it's back in the back. And I said, can I find it? He said, yeah, yeah, I'll show it to you. And I went back there, and I remembered where I knelt, and I remember where I prayed. And I remember I always went to the same spot. And I've been so tired, I went to sleep at that altar when I was a kid. Mom and Daddy had to pick me up and carry me home. I literally went to sleep in the altar because I wanted God so bad that I'd go, if they preached on jelly beans, I'd go to the altar. If they preached on joy, I'd go to the altar. If they preached on hellfire, I'd go to the altar. I wanted to be saved more than anything in this world. That desire had left. But I got down at that altar and I knelt down and I, I got a hold of it. And I remembered that night, a Thursday night in a revival. And God filled me with His Spirit. He filled me. Oh, I've been filled many, many times since, but He filled me that night. And when I, when I, when I start reminiscing about how good God is, I can't think about the bad stuff. I just can't, I can't reminisce about the bad stuff. 
I have to remember that I'm one of the chosen that yielded my heart to him and he filled me with his spirit what a joy to know that Jesus everybody in this house tonight that knows him clap your hands real big Come on, right here. shall forget the day when all the burdens of my heart rolled away makes me happy glad and free I'll sing and shout it for he's everything to me what a joy what a joy the old cloak was thrown away that was thrown away still on the ground beside the road Bartimaeus will never ever need that again when Jesus does a work it's complete that's why Colossians says for in him dwells all the fullness the Godhead Bali and we are everybody say complete in him say complete in him who is the head of all principality and power say I'm complete in him <laughs> do you feel like just praising him a little bit right where you are you feel like it come on it's all right go ahead go ahead go ahead it's yours it's yours go ahead it's yours tonight it's yours go ahead it's yours tonight. It's yours. He's your Jesus. He's my Jesus. He's all of our Jesus. Come on. He's yours tonight. Praise him. 